Hey, this is Lauren BR, and this is The Authentic Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Authentic. I'm your host, Lauren BR, and today's guest is truly so incredible. If you know her, you love her. She just truly has the Holy Spirit so evidently in her life, and there's so much fruit that comes out of it, as well as just her actions are just pointing so clearly to glorifying God. It is so cool to see. Today's episode is just evidence of that, and you get to hear so much of her wisdom, how the Lord's working in her life, and also how she's owning her own testimony, and hopefully it will inspire you to do the same. If you know her, you know she is constantly serving everywhere and pouring herself out in the best way. It's just such an honor to get to be her friend and get to work alongside her and just see her jump full on into ministry. I hope this episode inspires you as much as it did me, and I can't wait for y'all to get to listen. Hi everyone and welcome back to Authentic. I'm your host Lauren BR and today as you just heard all the amazing things about her, I have my sweet friend Andre. I'm so excited to have her on today. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things um, and very timely things for the start of the new school year and semester and so I'm really excited to see how the Lord uses her answers um, and just excited to get into the episode. So welcome. Hello. I'm so excited to be here um, and to just be able to do this and I hope that like the words that come out of my mouth will just glorify Jesus and people will learn some awesome cool stuff from it. So I'm pumped. Yay. Okay. So before we start, I ask every guest this, and I also think this will be very applicable to the questions today, especially, but kind of just walk us through your testimony briefly and let us know kind of like the basis of your life story and how the Lord mm-hmm. has redeemed and saved you. Yeah. Um, so I was born into a Catholic household. Um, and so kind of grew up doing like all the like Christian things um, I went to like Pine Cove as a summer camp and would go to Young Life summer camp, went to Young Life club like once a week and would do Bible studies and did all like the Christian things that made me like a good Christian girl. Um, but I didn't really like, I so I understand like the fact, I understood the facts of the gospel and like the logistics of it and who God was, but he wasn't like my father or he wasn't like someone that I had a relationship with. Um, and so didn't really like know him, know him, but knew like about the gospel and about Jesus. And then going into my sophomore year of high school, I went to a young life camp and um, sat down with my young life leader and did like the ABC prayer, except believe confess. That's what it stands for, right? I think so. I've never <laughs> heard of that. So I think yeah. so. Well, basically what you do is it's kind of just like a prayer you pray um, to like accept Jesus into your heart um, and to like start living your life for him. And my whole life I had like heard about like doing that thing like accepting Jesus into your heart and I was like I don't know how to do that but like I thought it was kind of just something that I like had to check off of a box and do um and so once I prayed that prayer I was like okay yeah this is so exciting and like I was so on fire for Jesus but I kind of just viewed it as like a checkbox and so I was like okay I'm good now I'm good to go like kind of didn't have any intention of like changing anything when I went back home I thought everything would be the same um And when I got back home, like, was just faced with a lot of temptation that I wasn't faced before. Um, Just because, like, when I got home, I realized how insecure I was. Um, Like, I wasn't the most popular. I didn't have the most friends. I just, like, didn't get attention from guys. Like, just was really self-conscious and sought validation from, like, everywhere but God. Um, And so I started to like dive into the party scene and hookup culture and through that like hurt so many people, burned a lot of bridges and like just was only focused on myself and like how I could seek validation. Um, And I remember like a year later, so junior year of high school, I was like sitting in my car and like 
kind of realized that I had everything I wanted. Like I was considered like the life of the party and had attention from guys and was just, I was where I was wanted to be um, when I started my sophomore year. But I remember being like, okay, like all my boxes are checked and I'm who I want to be, but I still feel so empty. And I felt that, but then I was like, okay, you can't do anything about it because you've made this name for yourself. Like you've hurt people in the process. I kind of had the mentality of like, you've dug this grave now lay in it. Like that's, this is who you are. And so with that mindset, I continued in those habits until my sophomore year of college. So four consecutive years of just like seeking after the world's validation. And like that led to just so much hurt and so much pain and like pain that like still I'm healing over um, that I thought was like, gonna satisfy it never did um and I remember like having the mindset of being like okay like I'll stop binge drinking I'll stop being in hookup culture like once college is over because I literally like I had this mindset that like okay I'm gonna graduate college I'm gonna get married and then I'm never gonna have temptation again (laughs) I'm never gonna have a struggle again and that was literally what I thought life was gonna be um and literally had that mindset and then sophomore year going into my sophomore year of college. So like exactly like four years after I did the ABC prayer at Young Life, I um, was like so intoxicated one time that I tore my meniscus and was the most physical pain I had been in. Like just such a low in my life overall, but like physically such a low. Um, And I remember that wasn't even like the breaking point. Like I had every intention of like continuing my habits once I was healed up. But I had surgery in Baton Rouge and went back to Lafayette to like heal up and like rest. Um, And I remember like sitting in my bed and I was like, maybe I'll read my Bible, like with no intention of like changing my lifestyle just to like get peace. Um, And so I started reading it and did like a little Bible study Um, and then went back to Baton Rouge for college once I was like a little more healed and um, started to go to refuge more, started to like read my Bible more. Um, and I remember one refuge service. I don't remember what the service was about, but Andrew like kind of said, like, if you want to like give your life to Jesus and need to talk to someone about like truly living for the Lord, like there'll be staff members in the back, leaders in the back. And I like had such a tug on my heart to go talk to someone. Um, but I was coming up with like every excuse not to. Um, and like, that's kind of how it always was. I'd always like feel that tug when I would go to like church services or when I go to like Pine Cove, like I feel that tug to go talk to someone, but I never would because it was like, no, like that's not who you are right now. Like you can do that later in your life. Um, and so I was had every intention of going home and like never thinking of that again. And then as I was walking out, me and Maggie Thomas made eye contact. And like I knew Maggie, um, for y'all who don't know, she was in Find Me with me. She just graduated and she's in med school, um, killing it. And <laughs> she um, I knew she was like involved with Young Life. I mean, involved with Refuge. Um, she was in Find You, and so I was like, okay, I know of this girl, and I know she's like on Refuge staff, and like I had every intention of like walking past her, but then we made eye contact, and I was like, shoot, I have to <laughs> now. I have to go talk to her, and um, like as I started walking towards her, like it was such an emotional moment because it was nerve wracking because I felt like I was like walking away from who I was, who I thought I was for the past four years. And I knew that when I went and talked to her, like I was going to give my life to the Lord and a lot of things were going to change and it was going to be scary. And so I was terrified and I was intimidated, 
but along with that, it was also so joyful because it was like, okay, like you've been waiting to feel fulfilled and you're about to be more like filled with joy than you ever have, like filled with love, filled with the Holy Spirit. And like, that was so exciting. And it was just that moment of being like, okay, like I'm walking home to my father, like I'm running home to my father. If I wasn't crippled, I would have run. (laughs) Um, But it was such a sweet moment to be able to like watch Maggie and literally like by the time I got to her, I was already crying and just sat down with her and didn't have words. All I, I was just like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I was like, like, what do you say after four years of like seeking after validation from everything of the world and like literally being so broken physically and just in general. And then I didn't know what to say. And so honestly don't remember how our conversation went a lot of, a lot of tears. Um, but also like, I have a feeling that like Maggie had like a little smile on her face just cause she knew like, okay, this was the turning point. Um, next thing I knew me and her and Andrew went a baptism meeting and I got baptized and Maggie started discipling me and just like have been running after a relationship with the Lord ever since. And like, it hasn't been perfect, but, um, I think it's been really cool to see like the 180 turn that I got to take, um, living a life like a hundred percent for the world and turning around and living a hundred percent for Jesus or trying to. <laughs> um, and so that's just been really awesome. And like has shown me that like in those four years where I was running the exact opposite way of the Lord, like he was always there with open arms and like waiting, he was just waiting and he was always pursuing me. And uh, like, he always had a plan for me to come back home. It was just in his timing. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much my story. And yeah, I think it's so cool. And it's been so cool because I feel like I kind of got to know you when that turning point was happening. And it's just been awesome to see the Lord like so evident in your life and like the fruit that's been produced. And like, if y'all don't know Andre, she is a friend to everyone, reaches out to everyone. And like, you can just see the Holy Spirit in her and her excitement to want other people to know the Lord too. And so it's just cool. And I'm excited for people to like hear that story because obviously like the word of our testimony is like one of the most Mm -hmm. powerful things. And so kind of going along with that, um, how have you used your specific testimony to glorify the Lord this past year? And like, how have you seen him kind of work through it? Because I think you have a really cool story that a lot of girls can relate mm-hmm. to. And so yeah. I know kind of going along with that, a lot of people are kind of ashamed, which I know we'll get to this later, but mm-hmm. I don't really want to share what the Lord has done in their life, but I think you've done a really beautiful job in that. And so kind of just wanted to get, um, your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you. You're so kind. <laughs> um, it was honestly really intimidating to like, start sharing my story. And I think that's just because like fear of vulnerability, a hundred percent. Um, I think when I got baptized, like you literally stand up on a microphone and tell your testimony. And I remember being like petrified. I'm not even like a stage fright type of person. Like I'll stand up on a stage and talk all day long, but like, um, I just like, remember like crying with my friend Hannah and like, she just prayed over me and like prayed for peace because I was so nervous. Um, cause I mean, people had known me as this girl who like was like in the party scene, hookup culture, all of that. And then to go on that stage and say, I've been transformed by the Lord. And like, that's crazy, but it's also like, that's crazy yeah. in the best way possible, you know? Um, and so I think that was why it was so valuable to do and so mm-hmm. needed. Um, so yeah, I think it was intimidating the first time sharing my story, but seeing the way that like just telling it on that podium had an impact on people. And like, that is what matters. Like, it's not about how uncomfortable it makes me because it's not about me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But 
to see people relate to it and to make people feel seen, I think is one of the coolest parts of it. Um, And to see the Lord glorified through it, which is what it's all about. Yeah. Um, And like, I think God has blessed me with so many opportunities to share it, which not everyone gets. Like, I think, I, I mean, I love my story because the Lord was so evident in it. But I've just been, like, blessed so much with, like, telling it to people. Mm-hmm. Like, whether it be, like, a community group or Bible study or on stage when I got baptized or, like, this platform. Like, there's so many opportunities I've been given to share it. And, like, that's such a gift from God to be able to be, like, yeah, this is my story and this is how God worked. And, like, he transformed me and I want him to be able to transform your life, too. Mm-hmm. Um And so I've just, like, found it to be so important. And I'm, like, such a person of, like, (laughs) pro-vulnerability because I've found that, like, when you're vulnerable, like, it brings out vulnerability in other people, 100%. Um, And, like, there would be sometimes, like, in Bible study where I'd be sharing something, like, deep or something personal. And in the back of my mind, I'd be like, what are you doing? Like, don't share that. (laughs) Like, people are going to think you're weird. And then someone else is like, wait, me too. And it's like, okay, like, it may be uncomfortable, but once again, it's not about me. Exactly. And, like, that's what that's what testimonies are about. That's what, like, ministry is about. That's what Jesus is about. It's not about you. It's about sharing how he's transformed your life and why he is good. And that is what makes people comfortable to be able to ask those questions and to see their lives transformed as well. So I've just seen it as something that's, like, so important to share, no matter how uncomfortable it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think sometimes in like this American society as Christians, yeah. it's hard for us to be like fight against our flesh and be like, it's not about us because we're told all the time that exactly. everything is about us. So I think it's really important to make sure you're really diligently fighting that and like mm-hmm. being aware of that pride and that selfishness. Um, and you've done, obviously I'm having you up. It's the Lord. The Lord's done a great work <laughs> in you and Um, I hope that this encourages a lot of y'all to be more vulnerable, not even just with your testimony, but I feel like just, you know, in Bible study or community group or no matter what school you go to, whatever it's called, life group, just like if you have a tug at your heart and you feel like you shouldn't say something and you're scared about it, then you probably shouldn't say it. (laughs) Literally, literally. And like, I think those moments of being like, oh, like you shouldn't say that. That's too vulnerable. Like that is the enemy. Mm -hmm. That is the enemy. hundred percent. Like no matter what it is, like as deep and as dark as it is, like, no, you don't have to share it in front of the whole group if you're, if you're really, like, nervous about it, but, like, confess those things to one another, like, that's what we're called to do, and bringing it into the light takes its power away, Mm -hmm. and, like, that doesn't come easily, I'm not saying it does, because, gosh, it's hard sometimes, (laughs) but bringing it out into the light makes others feel seen, it makes you feel seen as well, because, I mean, Mm -hmm. when you harbor those things, like, that's so tough. And that's really hard to handle on your own. Yeah. And kind of going along with Mm -hmm. that, one thing we mentioned before when we were kind of coming up with the questions and something that I've just Mm -hmm. heard you talk about before is like not ruminating on the shame that may come from our testimony, but rebuking that shame and owning the grace we're so freely given. And Mm -hmm. you had like written that out to me and I was like, okay, wow, that's really good. (laughs) And I was like, okay, definitely you need to elaborate on that because I think that's another thing that a lot of the girls that listen to this podcast, college age, really do Mm -hmm. struggle with shame and guilt. Um, And so I kind of wanted you to get into that. 100%. I've definitely, like, struggled with that. And I think, like, owning your testimony is so awesome. 
but in telling it, sometimes you get caught up in the, in what your testimony is, especially Mm -hmm. for me. I know like telling my story, I'm like, dang, like, yeah, I did do all that. I was that person and I messed up a lot and I was not who I wanted to be. Um, And so I think it's so easy to ruminate on that and to just be like, dang, I am such a filthy sinner. And I'm literally like Paul says, like, I am the worst of these. And like, yeah, I am. (laughs) But Jesus. So like, I mean, it would be so easy to get stuck in that. And I do get stuck in it still to this day, a hundred percent. But I think like the verse that I go back to that I was thinking about when I was like thinking about this question is second Corinthians five seventeen. It says, therefore, if anyone's anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And this is kind of a straightforward verse, but like, I feel like it's just so good. Like, <laughs> um, it literally says like, we are a new creation in Christ and like the old has gone. So like, why are we still focusing on the shame that is held with that old self? Um, and like totally easier said than done. But if in Christ we've been given this new self and this new person to be through Jesus, like there's no reason to be ruminating on who I was or what I did. Um, and I think like the desire to sit in that shame comes solely from the enemy. Um, and also from the world. I think our world is very much like, I mean, with think about it, like cancel culture, you do one wrong thing. And like, that is what you're identified with. Um, and I think like from day one, we've been told, like, I mean, think about mean girls, like the set (laughs) that they bring up, they're like, okay, like these are the cliques that you're in, like the druggies and then like the party girls and the, the nerds and the jocks and like all of these different groups based on what you do. And that makes you who you are. And I mean, I think that's what we've been taught our whole life. And so it's ingrained in your mind to be ashamed of what you've done. Um, And so it's hard to shake that and to not sit in that shame. Um, But just going back to like this verse and saying like, if you're in Christ and like, you don't have to sit in it. So why are you, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I know it's hard not to like ruminate on what you've done and all that, but I think if we remember that when we accept Jesus as Lord, like that old self is left behind and like, that's so joyous. That's amazing. Like, how can you not be excited to live in that like new life with Christ? Um, And I think like we've been told to do the exact opposite, but we're also called like us children of God to live opposite of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And that would be to not sit in shame. Um, And yeah, so I think it's been a it's been tough to not be caught in the shame, but I think also remembering that like, no, like Satan, get behind me. Like you're not gonna tell me that I am not worthy, like I know who I am in Jesus. And like my old self was apart from him, but now I'm with him. And shame, I think, separates us from a close relationship with God and definitely that's everything the enemy wants. But if we stand strong in our faith and say, uh-uh, no, Satan, <laughs> you cannot do that. Like, I'm going to be close with my father and I'm going to leave the shame behind. Um, I think that's the mindset that we need to have of, like, standing up against the schemes of the, the enemy and of the devil. Mm-hmm. For sure. Which is hard to do, but definitely possible. Yeah. Because obviously, I think sometimes people forget that the battle's already won, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's easy to forget, but obviously it's important to remember. <laughs> exactly. Um, and going along with that... 
Um, I feel like a lot of times when people are caught up in the shame and the guilt, um, it's hard to feel like you can be used by God. You know, you yeah. can feel inadequate and unqualified. And we kind of touched on this a little bit when it comes to owning your testimony, mm-hmm. but how have you been able to move past that and yeah. kind of be like, okay, obviously this is not about me. I want to be used by the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of walk us through that. Yeah. I think like also going back to when I did like get up and share my testimony when I got baptized, it was like, gosh, what are these people going to think of me? Like um, just doing a complete 180 is awesome, but it's craziness. Yeah. Um, Which I'm so glad you're talking about that because I think that happens to a lot of people and then they don't know how to handle it. No one talks about it. Yeah. No one talks about like the literally the drastic differences Mm -hmm. there are and they're awesome, but they're tough, you know, Um, but they're also possible to get through. And so I think it was just so drastic and what's been so awesome is that the Lord has like decided to use me in some really cool ways. Um, but sometimes like when used in those ways, like I felt like I'm taking the position of someone who deserved it more. Um, like I was, I'm the chaplain of Mu, and like that is such a blessing from God. And that's such an amazing platform to have and to be able to like bring girls together to just talk about Jesus once a week at Bible study is amazing. And like, praise God. But I mean, I've dealt so much with just being like someone who has been in their faith longer deserves this. Um, but then I just have to tell myself like, no, like the Lord has put you in this position because the Holy Spirit's in you. And like every time that I like doubt my abilities, I think back to like Paul's story, um, like his conversion, which if y'all don't know the story of Paul, I like have a little, snippet of scripture that's okay it's romans 9 1 through 6 it says meanwhile saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the lord's disciples he went to the high priest and asked him for the letters to the synagogues in damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way whether men or women he might take them as prisoner to jerusalem as he heard damascus as he neared damascus on his journey suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him saul saul why do you persecute me who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He said. He replied, now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. And, like, when I hear this, I'm like, how terrifying <laughs> to, like, be confronted with the God of the universe who you had been persecuting. Like, that is so scary. Um, because Paul had been, like, fostering this religious pride that led to this persecution of Christians. And, like, that was his life goal and his life plan. Um, and then... God like instructs him to go into instructs him to go into the town. And then later in the, in the chapter, it says, but the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their Kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. And so Paul was individually chosen by God. Um, along with like all of God's children that have the Holy spirit in them. But Paul was chosen. And I think, like in this situation, like the Lord is talking to Ananias. Ananias, I don't know how to say it. No, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's how I've said okay, it. So, okay, I mean, good. I could be wrong too, but that's how I pronounce it. <laughs> that's what I thought. Um, and it's like, he was doubtful, but the Lord is like, no, like I've chosen Saul to be my vessel, to be a broken vessel. Is he perfect? No. Um, but it, does, he, does he have the Holy Spirit in him? Yes. And he's going to be used by me. And so I think despite what Paul had done and who he was, um, like God had chosen him and like, you're not going to change God's mind. Like <laughs> no. he's chosen people or his chosen people yeah. and he's going to use those people as vessels for his name and his glory. Um, 
and what I think stands out to Paul's story for me is literally like he was searching for people to kill that were Christians, confronted by the Lord, totally transformed, did that 180, and then went straight into ministry. Mm -hmm. And it was like there was no training. There was no test. There was no, no like qualification that he had to have. The only qualification he had to have was the Holy Spirit inside of him Mm -hmm. and a willingness. Like that's all the Lord asks for us when it comes to serving him is like a willing heart and one devoted to him. And it can be so easy to get caught up in the qualifications of ministry, but it's like, no, like Sadie Robertson says it all the time. She's like, if you want to do ministry, you just do ministry. And it's so true. And like, when she said that, I was like, yeah, easy for you to say you're an amazing public speaker. (laughs) But then it's like, no, like, truly the Lord will use anyone, like no matter what you've done, no matter who you are, like, as long as you are a child of God, like, and you have the spirit of the Lord living within you, like run full speed ahead and like be his hands and feet. Um, and so that has kind of just spoke to me when dealing with kind of the guilt of being blessed with opportunities to do ministry. Um, because I think be- feeling inadequate is so real. And mm-hmm. cause I mean, you see like these awesome Christian women and men around you and you're like, Oh, they're really good at, just being lights for Jesus. And like, I'm not as good as that. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm inadequate. They haven't done what I've done. They haven't been through what I've been through. Like, they don't have my story. They've always had, like, they've always been devoted to the Lord. And it's like, no, like, look at Paul. Like, this <laughs> dude was literally killing Christians. And then he turned around and lived a life for Jesus and wrote so many literally, letters. Literally, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> well, so many. Like, just an amazing guy who put aside who he used to be kind of what we were talking about, put aside that shame. He didn't let a shame hold him back. If he did, then those letters wouldn't have been written yeah. and just a huge chunk of our Bible wouldn't be in there if he would have let shame hold him back. True. But I mean, I think knowing that like, okay, the Lord has chosen me and I'm going to be used by him. I'm going to be his vessel. And like, I think that is just the mindset that we all need to have. Um, so yeah, whenever I feel that inadequacy, I just look back to Paul and I'm like, this guy was killing people. God still used him. (laughs) Literally. It's such a good story. And also it's like, who are we to say that the Lord is wrong in choosing us? Like obviously he's so sovereign and he has his perfect plan. And so I should be joyful and excited to be a part of it. And also not second guessing God, because obviously he knows way more than I do. So it's so silly and prideful of me to be like, well, no God, you're wrong. You know what I mean? That just, it doesn't make sense. So yeah, super encouraging. And it's been cool to see like kind of your own parallels with your life to Paul's story. Obviously, you were not killing people, <laughs> but it's like right away yeah. you, you went into ministry full speed ahead and you were so willing. Um, and so I think that's really inspiring and encouraging. And um, anyone listening, literally just go do ministry, especially mm-hmm. being on college campuses, yeah. which obviously I know moms listen to this high schoolers, but like also in all those places in high school and college, uh, oh, yeah. walking into Target, like you have the opportunity to do mm-hmm. ministry. And I think that's sometimes so easily lost. So like, yeah. people feel like they have to have all these qualifications and Mm-mm. say this, say this, do this, study all this before. But it's yeah. like, no, no, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Like, exactly. go. And it's not like you like, you don't need a position to do it. You don't mm-hmm. need a platform. All you need is the Holy Spirit and a willing heart. That's it. And like you were saying, you walk into Target, that's your ministry. Yeah. Like you walk into the grocery aisles, that's, you're the light of Jesus, like no matter where. And so I think that's just a really cool mindset to have and a mindset that we need to have as followers of Christ. Definitely. 
Um, and then also we were kind of talking about um, just how you've kind of navigated doing that 180. And that's one thing I really wanted to talk to you about on this episode, because like I said, I feel like, or like you said, I guess it's not really talked about kind of how to navigate that. You come back from camp or, you know, the Lord leads you somewhere and then you're so excited to live it out, but you're not exactly sure how, because people saw you one way and you had these friends, all the things. And so one kind of thing I wanted to touch on is specifically at like a big SEC party school like this, Mm -hmm. how have you managed to still have fun when you aren't doing like quote unquote college things? Like what is that? kind of looks like in your life yeah 100 percent. um yeah I don't think it's talked about enough and I think it's tough but it's also so possible yes 1000 um, and I've seen that in your life I've seen that in so many people's lives yeah, the past exactly. four years I mean because what I identified as fun for four years was like binge drinking and just being in the party scene that's the only way I thought of having fun um and so I think temptation was a big um concern of mine but the verse that I always go back to is first Corinthians 10 13 it says no temptation has overcome you except what is common to mankind and God is faithful he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear but when you are tempted he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it and when I heard this verse like I've just kept it in my back pocket for those moments where temptation gets pretty strong and pretty hard to resist um but it's like we are promised that we're going to be tempted it says but when you are tempted Mm -hmm. so in the setting of a big SEC party school, like, yeah, you're tempted. And that's, we're promised that. Mm-hmm. And that's going to happen. Like, we're we're in this world, not of it. Um, But just remembering that, like, there is a way out. The Lord provides a way out. Um, And I think the one of the biggest things that has helped me is, like, finding people that will link arms with you and pursue the Lord in those situations. Um, And it can seem so lonely in some moments. Um, but just praying for Christian community and seeking it, um, by like going to Bible studies or going to refuge or going to just different church groups and, um, different events that are hosted and finding people there at the most random places. Like that's where you find that Christian community. And then you're able to do life with them and you're able to, um, have fun without being of the world. Um, and like another thing that I've heard a few times is like, Jesus went to the parties, but he was Jesus at the parties. Mm -hmm, Yeah. And, um, I think that is something that is hard to do as a believer, um, to like be the light of Christ in those situations, but it's so important. Um, I think especially being in Greek life and having these events where alcohol is present. And I know for me, that was still is just sometimes a stumbling block and like just so tempting um just because of the life I used to live and um I think like in order to fight those temptations like I just have to remember that um like we are called to be the light in those situations um and if you're in those moments and you're like I can't I can't resist this like I'm literally about to cave in um simply leave. <laughs> like, um, and like that was pointed out to me at women's conference. And when it was first said, I was like, okay, ouch. But then I was like, seriously, though, think about it. I mean, if you're trying to resist like these temptations and you've tried being like surrounded by people who will hold you accountable and you've tried all these tactics and like, you still are just like, wow, I'm still really about to cave in. Um, like, physically removing yourself from that situation like is sometimes the answer 
And like that verse says, like the Lord will always provide a way out. And it may be like having that Christian community around you to hold you stand strong, but maybe you don't have that Christian community yet and it's just you and you need to find a way to resist that temptation. Sometimes that is to just leave. Um, And sometimes that's tough, but to remember that, okay, these temporary things that I'm about to give into, they're not going to satisfy me. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's the mindset I've had. And um, I remember like one story that like literally showed me that you can have fun not getting drunk in Tigerland was um, I was at Common Sounds um, this past year and uh, we were in like the chapel parking lot, just like dancing around to happy landing that was it Mm -hmm. yeah um and I remember like kind of like having deja vu and I was like I don't know why I have deja vu but like I do (laughs) and I was like I've never been to common sound so I don't know what this is about um and then like I got in the car after and was talking to my mom and I was like I just realized why it felt so familiar because it felt like when I was a camper at Pine Cove and like that was so special to me because Pine Cove was like literally my happy place as a camper um and got to work there this summer and it's still my happy place but um just like realizing that oh my goodness I just had the same joyfulness that I felt at Pine Cove like in a church parking lot at college like what I would never have imagined if you would have told sophomore me in high school that I would be doing that like I probably would have cried right then and there (laughs) like it just it was just such a joyful realization to have that like oh my gosh no I'm like having fun and I'm not feeling bad about it in the morning and I'm not like feeling shameful. I'm not being hurt because of it. It's just like pure fun that I get to have with people who love Jesus and love the Lord and love me. Um, And I feel filled up after it instead of drained. And I remember just having that realization and being like, and that was, I don't know, probably February or something or March, like right before spring break. Yes. Yes. And so it was like kind of the end of my sophomore year of, college and so a few months into like pursuing the Lord and I was like no like I can do this like I can I can have fun and I can still have a fun college experience it without it being the college experience quote unquote um and so that was just a turning point for me and I think having those moments of realizing that like yeah there are other ways to have fun um make it make it manageable and make it okay yeah it's it's fun to live life for Jesus and like there are so many fun moments in it Definitely. And obviously when you have the Holy Spirit in you and you're living your life for the Lord, so many things, like you'll just look at life differently. Mm -hmm. But also I think, like, I really just think that me and my friends have such a good time. We (laughs) laugh a lot. We have fun. And like, we don't have to do these things that are quote unquote the college experience, but like, I don't know how to emphasize it enough without you experiencing it. But like, I don't know. Christian community is so life-giving and fun Mm -hmm. and joyful. And so I, my prayer is that, you know, everyone listening gets to experience that. And it's almost hard to like put into words. That's kind of drama, but like, no, really it is like, and I just want to encourage everyone. Like I know people, all their types of people listen to this and whatever, but like really life with the Lord is so much fun. And for so many different reasons, you know, literally. Um, But also we kind of touched on this, Mm -hmm. but in general, like, how have you managed to fight the temptations that come with college life and not even like obviously binge drinking and hookup culture, but like Mm -hmm. gossip. And there's so many other ungodly habits that come with Greek life and being around a lot of girls and just college in general world in general, gossip Mm -hmm. is a problem. And so how have you managed to fight those temptations? I know obviously we're all still fighting that every day. It's not like other magic go away, but (laughs) just kind of talk 
talk us through that. How have yeah. you kind of pruned these from your life mm-hmm. as best you can? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think when I began to live my life with the Lord, I like knew so many habits and vices would have to go away. And that was terrifying. And like the big ones that we've been talking about, like hookup culture and drinking, like that had to go away. But also like, I kind of didn't think about the smaller things. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, like, which gossip isn't like a small thing, but you know, like to the, the world and to the to outside, the, exactly. it's just like, it's oh, like, it's uh, just gossip. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and so moments like those so tough to just not (laughs) um but I know that like the Holy Spirit convicts and that conviction is such a good thing um and I remember like when I first started to have conviction for those things um it was like dang like what am I doing wrong it's like no like the Lord is convicting you of these things so that you can be better be more like him and be closer to him Mm -hmm. Um, and that was honestly such a cool realization to have of like, oh wait, no, like the Holy Spirit's convicting me and this is a good thing. And like, yeah, this is awesome. And now I can grow closer to the Lord because I'm going to start pruning out these things. And literally like this song, like always repeats in my head. Like, I don't know if you know the song, Jesus is better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, such a good song. It's fire. <laughs> and, um, like in the lyrics, it says, um, in all my sorrows, Jesus is better. Make my heart believe. And every victory, Jesus is better, make my heart believe. Then any comfort, Jesus is better, make my heart believe. And then it just keeps going. But um, as I was reading those lyrics over again, I was like, you're like, that's the prayer that I had to pray of like, Lord, like make my heart believe. Like make my heart believe that this is not going to satisfy me because our flesh is going to fight that gossip is bad. Our flesh is going to say gossip isn't that bad. Mm -hmm. Our flesh is going to say, oh, no, like you can go do that. Like it won't it won't harm you. Like, you'll be good. Um, like you can go back into the habits that you used to do. Like, you'll be fine. Like that's what our flesh says, but literally just praying the prayer of like, Lord, like make my heart believe that you're better. Uh, Cause I know you are, I know you're better, but it doesn't feel like it in those moments of temptation. Um, because I mean, it feels good for a little moment. It's momentary satisfaction. And then you realize that that was fleeting. Um, and that Jesus is better. And, our flesh bites that, but praying the prayer of like, Lord, make my heart believe and he will change your desires. And that's something I've realized of like, yeah, he's changed my desires. And that, that is why it's been easier to live a life for him because I've prayed that prayer and he's answered. Um, and so I think having that mindset of like, yeah, these temptations are hard and it would be really easy to give in, but just asking the Lord, like, make my heart believe because it's not you know um that's the mindset I think we need to have and knowing that the Lord's going to provide that um is how we can surpass those temptations and go on through and just keep pursuing the Lord yeah that's so good um and also kind of going along I know I mentioned Mm -hmm. Greek life and a lot of these temptations can come up Mm -hmm. in any different way but also in general kind of going back to the 180 of coming back or not even coming back with your life being transformed for the Lord and you're coming back with yeah. these friends who maybe necessarily aren't non-believers. Um, how do you navigate those friendships kind of, especially in Greek life, mm-hmm. but just in general, because obviously now like you're doing all these things to fight these temptations mm-hmm. and that's awesome. But sometimes it's hard to kind of explain that and interact with these yeah. non-believer friends or mm-hmm. friends that um, maybe aren't necessarily following the Lord like you are. And how did you navigate that? Because yeah. that's a question I think a lot of girls have and also mm-hmm. it's not really talked about. And so I was just wondering if you could kind of yeah get into that. Yeah, for sure. 
I think like something I've realized about sharing those relationships with people that aren't fully living their life for, for the Lord um, is just that we are called to be broken vessels, but we're not called to be like saviors. That's, and okay, I've never heard that. That's really good. <laughs> well, it's kind of because I mean, that's the kind of weight that I think a lot of us end up putting on ourselves of like, okay, these people don't know Jesus and I love them so much, but I want them to. And I think we end up being like, okay, now it's my job to like make them know Jesus. It's like, no, like it's your job to love like Jesus and to be a vessel for him, but you're not God. And that was something that I had to realize just in my daily life of seeing people that didn't know Jesus and it breaking my heart, but knowing that, okay, like I can do everything in my power, which is to be obedient to the Lord and he's going to do the rest. Um, and there are two, two verses that one of the first one, Kaylee sent it to me when I was at camp and she was like, you're about to come out of camp life into like real life and it's going to be a culture shock and it's going to be crazy. Um, and she sent me this. It says, it's Matthew 5, 14 through 16. It says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. And like reading that, I was like, okay, yeah. Like we are called to be the light even when it's awkward. And we are called to be vessels of Jesus. And through that, like, as it says in this verse, like in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. So like through you living for Jesus, they are going to see that and they are going to wonder and want more out of that. They're going to say, wow, like she seems really happy all the time. And she seems really filled up and really confident, like how the heck? <laughs> and they're going to ask and they're going to wonder and um, I think that's where salvation comes in. And that's truly just from us planting seeds. And that's all we can do. We plant seeds and the Holy Spirit will allow them to fl- flourish or work in their life and um, see where it goes from there. But yeah. I think with those relationships with people that don't know the Lord, all we can do is to be the light and to be loving um, and just humble in that situation of knowing that, no, I'm not. I'm not better than anyone. I'm not better in this relationship because I know Jesus. What I do know is that Jesus loves me and Jesus loves that person. And I want them to run home to their father. And the only way that that will happen is if the Holy Spirit moves in their life. And the only thing that I can do is be a vessel. And sometimes that stinks because it's like, oh, I wish I could just make it make sense to some people. Um, make, Make the fulfillment that you get from Christ, like make sense. But you can't, and that's that's the tough part. Um, but what an amazing opportunity that Jesus gives us to be his hands and feet. Um, so that's kind of the way that I've seen it, of being like, yeah, we all we're here to do is just be vessels of, of him, and not perfect ones in the slightest, but to try to mimic his love in the best way we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like, people either go one of two ways of like putting this immense pressure on themselves Mm -hmm. to, I don't know, you know, like make them see the Lord and run them to the father when like, that's not your burden to bear. Mm -hmm. And that's prideful to think that way. Or we even almost go the other way of like, I'm so much better than them. I don't even want to associate with them anymore. Um, And so I think there is a really nice middle ground of just 
you know, loving them, yeah. talking about Jesus, even when it's awkward and oh, doesn't yeah. make sense. Oh, um, yeah. So I think that's a really beautiful answer. Um, and it can be hard because you don't, oh, it can be hard when those temptations are faced with those friends. So you have to be careful. Right. And it can also be hard because you're scared of seeming weird and different, <laughs> yeah. but that's just also something you're going to have to face is that following the Lord, you know, where you're going to stand out. Um, right. And so that can be a hard thing to face. But when you also have that community we talked about, that right. can make it a lot easier. Exactly. And obviously, you know, relying on the Lord as well. 100%. So, yeah. Um, kind of the last question that I wanted to ask just to kind of like wrap everything up because we've talked about like so many awesome mm-hmm. things and I'm just so excited for this episode <laughs> um, is something you mentioned. We were kind of brainstorming questions, mm-hmm. but just kind of talking about an eternal perspective. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important. Um, to kind of talk about when we're talking about strugglings or temptations you may be facing in college. Yeah. Um, so can you kind of elaborate on the importance of remembering, you know, this is not our forever home and like how crucial that really mm-hmm. is. Cause I think that's really important that we touch on that before we end this right. episode. Yeah. Um, that has been something that was made evident to me, like my second semester of sophomore year, we were reading revelation in my discipleship group, which when I heard that we were reading that, I was like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> Revelation was, like, this, like, scary book that I was like, I don't want to read that. Like, it's just a bunch of scary stuff. <laughs> I didn't even know what was in it. And then reading it, it was like, no, it's not a scary book. It's a it's a book of victory and joyous occasion that we get to experience once we join eternal life with Jesus. Um, and so I think reading that really put into perspective of, like, okay, like, when I'm going through these trials and tribulations and temptations and just when life gets hard to turn and turn my eyes upon Jesus and be like, yeah, life on this earth is hard, but this is an imperfect world. And soon when Jesus comes back, I will be reunited with him and I will get to live in eternity with him on a new heaven and a new earth and a new body. And that is so amazing. Um, and so I think when it gets hard and when it seems impossible, um, just reminding myself that like, yeah, but, Jesus is better and Jesus is so good and I get to live with him eternally. Um, and what a gift that is. Um, and I was reading Romans eight and it said for all creation is waiting eagerly for the, for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are against its will. All creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. And when I read like eager hope, I was like, that's what, we're pursuing in our relationship with the Lord. We are like looking forward to this eternal life with Jesus of being reunited with our heavenly father who created us and created this longing in our heart to be with him forever. We're looking forward eagerly with that hope, knowing that it will happen. Not a hope of like, Oh, maybe it's like, no, like a hope of like, this is going to happen and we get to be a part of it because Jesus lives inside of us. Um, And so I think like when temptation and struggles come, just like remembering that, it's a good thing that this isn't the only life we have that we get to live eternally and literally live the most perfect life on the most perfect earth with the most perfect God. Um, and that just, I think changes the whole game and changes the mindset that you have and, um, makes all the struggles on this earth grow strangely dim in the light of God's mercy and grace. Definitely. Um, I've just had so much fun talking to you about this. Like, actually, I've just been like, obviously you can't see, but I've just been like nodding my head the whole time <laughs> um, because it's just the Holy Spirit is so evident in you. And um, I'm really, I keep saying I'm really excited, but I feel like I've done episodes similar to this, but not exactly like this. And mm-hmm. I've just had a lot of conversations with you and I 
am just excited because I think this will be very beneficial for a lot of girls mm-hmm. um, and guys. I don't know. They're going to listen. <laughs> um, and so thank you for doing this. Oh, my gosh, of course. Um, but before we kind of wrap up, can yeah. we just pray for everyone who's 100%. listening? 100%. Yeah. Um, dear Lord, I just want to pray for anyone that's listening to this podcast that um, anything that I said that is from you, that it would be heard loud and proud, but if it is not from you, that it would fall in deaf ears. Um, we just thank you for Lauren that she um, has this gift to make this podcast and that you have given her this platform um, to spread your love and your light to everyone that's listening and everyone that gets to be a part of it. Um, I praise you for the grace that you give us and the fact that you are just a, such a good God that we get to talk about freely and we get to um, link arms together and join in our relationships with you together. Um, I pray that everyone that listens to this podcast just knows that they're fully loved and fully known by the Father um, in heaven that created this whole entire universe um, and that he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. Um, I just pray for hearts to be softened and for lives to be changed, um, not through our power or our words, but by you alone. Um, We just praise you for everything that you've done and who you are. um, And we just thank you. You know, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks everyone for listening and y'all will hear from me next episode.